You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a new episode of Delirious Nomads, brought to you by Blacklight Media Records, a weekly podcast hosted by yours truly, celebrity chef Chris Santos, I hate calling myself that, and underground metal connoisseur Matt Bacon, who loves being called that. This is your new favorite podcast for all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports and riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. Welcome to Delirious Nomads, the Blacklight Media podcast, where we talk to all sorts of metal bands and affiliated type people today i am really excited to have brad from one of our more recent signings to miser who are like this black and thrash band i've been following forever how are you today brad i'm doing good man how about yourself i'm good i'm really glad we get to talk i've talked to uh the drummer quite a bit and i've you know i've never really connected so that's cool but yeah i have a whole bunch of stuff i want to get into with you today but i guess first and foremost what i'd like to understand is you know black and thrash metal is not something you really get a lot of in america right that's right yeah how did you get into it what's your sort of backstory within the genre i guess growing up you know I, the, the first you know heavy metal genre i fell into was thrash you know mm-hmm. megadeth and metallica uh slayer and then you know uh that kind of evolved into death metal and then I guess I felt more in tune to traditional and just, you know, old school, I guess, black thrash stuff, shit like Venom, stuff like that. And, you know, I just kind of originally I, I, creating this project with the guys, it just seemed to really match something that we all wanted to do. Just something fun and fast and evil. <laughs> That's such a good summary of what this band is about is fun, fast and evil. Because <laughs> I remember getting the record from it was I think it was Shannon Boyd who did your PR, right? Yes. Yeah. And I saw there was a song called like Raw Fucking Vomit. And I was like, fuck, yeah, this is what I need. That song itself was uh, was named after Infester before his he went by Infester. Uh, he went by Raw Fucking Vomit. That's our drummer. We actually were at a, a demo-like show in Atlanta and some wasteoid idiot threw up all over him. And he goes, I got raw fucking vomit all over me. And I ended up being, <laughs> being his name in that song for a second. Yeah. It changed it to Infestor. That's awesome. I know I, I love stuff like that. That's so like silly and glorious. And I feel like black metal names and particularly like sort of war metal names are like kind of the best nicknames in metal. Uh, I agree. We all go by pseudo names. So like, of course. Yeah. I mean, we have to, right? It's part of the whole thing. Well, just like the overtly masculine, over the top, 
whatever. But like, that's what I find almost super fun about what you do is like the, and I remember joking about this early on was like the man of war picture you have going. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like that's like the perfect example of like, Oh, like this is what, this is what happens with this band. Tough evil fuckers. How much does, you know, so obviously I genuinely am unsure if I know any other black and thrash, like from the South, how much do you feel that you're sort of, geographic origins impact the band i don't think that geographically it impacts it too much okay we take what we love about a lot of european bands and build on it we do our own thing with it of course but i don't yeah geographically uh, it wouldn't matter where we were okay that's completely fair i was just kind of curious what the the origins were there because i do know there's a lot of like non-slaughter love with you guys oh well i'm from ohio too i think that maybe runs a little deeper with me that's fair that whole scene is like very exciting and fun to me and a little bit silly. It's, yeah, it's just, it's fun as fuck. So, okay. So then my next question was kind of tied into the fun as fuck component. What's the story behind the chainmail? Man, I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> I don't know if there is a story behind it. Our guitar player uh, had a whole chainmail set at his old place and Brian would just get drunk and put it on. That's kind of where, where that came from. We are like, no, that's fucking sick. You should just do that all the time. <laughs> And now he's just chainmail guy. I love it. It's so like big man of war energy. <laughs> but like, is that even correct? Or am I like completely off base with sort of that comparison? I understand the comparison. Okay. But is that an, does that have an impact on you? Or like, where does that coming from? I don't think so. I don't think it stems from man of war by any means. No, no. Yeah. It's just, we like the image. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that we're just, you know, we roll, we fucking roll with it. Actually, okay, so hear me out. Here's like my metal conspiracy theory for you. My opinion is Man of War is a lot more influential than anyone realizes. They just spent 25 years being goofy as fuck. So nobody takes them seriously. Yeah, over the top, like you were saying. But like there are Porthon quotes where he's like, Bathory was influenced by Man of War. And like you can hear it in the Viking trilogy, like pretty obviously how like, anyway, I've been arguing with people about I'm like a Man of War revisionist. Sure. And I mean, uh, I think I think a lot of our influence, too. I mean, it, it stems from the same place. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Our influence stems from the influencers, you know. So, I mean, Bathory influenced by Manowar, you know, we're influenced by Venom, Bathory, Sabbath, you know, shit like that. For sure. And like, so let's dive into the Venom thing, because that's something I'm kind of a nerd about. First and foremost, what's your favorite Venom lyric? Because I feel like everyone has one. Hmm. Good question. Maybe off of Poison, uh, the song, what is it? You're sitting close beside me, got your hand up by my zip. Don't bother to take it down, honey. It's about to rip. That's that's probably one of, one of my favorites, to be honest. I love, that shit cracks me up every time. I love it. That's the most ignorant shit ever. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, like, very about that. I'm actually really stoked because I'm going to see... Venom with Kronos next month in Norway. Okay. And I'm just like, infernal fucking hails. Yeah. Because like Ven- Venom, uh, what are they called? Venom AD or whatever? Venom Inc. Venom Inc. Like that's cool. And like they do good work. But like, I just want to see Kronos. I've seen, I've seen both. I've seen, you know, Venom with Kronos. I've seen Venom Inc. And I must say, I enjoy Venom Inc.'s show. Yeah. I mean, they're, I mean, they're, they play the fucking classics. That's what I've heard, is that Venom Inc. is, like, much more dedicated to being, like... It's the Venom you love. Yeah. Like, you want to bang your head and do dumb shit and smash some kid's face in? This is for you. Yes. It's, like, it's fun, because I've just been diving deep into Venom lately, actually. 
and just sort of like I feel like their late '80s output is like incredibly underrated. Uh, I mean, it's all I mean, shit, it's all Venom, but I I prefer so I would say Welcome to Hell is my favorite Venom album. I mean, sure, it's got all my favorite fucking songs on it. I mean, it's hard to go wrong. No, hundred percent. But I've just sort of I was working on. I was doing some marketing for Prime for like a Prime Evil reissue uh, earlier this year, and so I was sort of like, you know, I've never listened to this. Let me dig in, and like that record's fucking awesome. Like, I don't know. I feel like they don't get enough credit for it. Was more than just the first three records. Yeah, those are my favorite. I mean, wrong. I like that. I like that fucking just raw. I don't give a fuck. Evil attitude. You know that they that they portray in those years. That's what I'm drawn to. 100%. But do you ever think about like how wild it must have been to hear Welcome to Hell in like 1981 when nothing else was nearly that heavy? <laughs> I, know, I know. I know those I mean live videos from that time too. There's a lot of them from, you know, probably like 83, 84 and I mean those shows look fucking insane. Yeah. I was just born. I was born, born in 84. Yeah. And it's funny like it's going it's funny going back and watching all those live shows um and just being like this was fucking happening. I was just fucking, it's, it's wild as hell. 100%. And it's just like wild to think about like how crazy metal was in those days. Like you talk to like the older guys who were there, they're just like, oh yeah, there was just a riot and someone died and then Slayer played a show. <laughs> no big deal. Goals. Do you know what I mean? Goals. Yeah. Like, when do you think metal got less thrilling like that, where like the shows were like le- no longer like legitimately dangerous? When people got less thrilling. Jeez. <laughs> There's still that dangerous fucking crowd out there, you know. They're just few and far between. Um, sure. You know, everybody, everybody's so much more fucking tame these days. You know, whether it's what we eat or the fucking water that we drink, you know, who fucking knows, right? That's fair. And it's just, I don't know, it's just weird. It's like. It's, it's 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 interesting, but you know, I also I think I think that like the period Venom comes up in is so interesting because you have like this quantum leap. Like it's crazy to think that like you go from like Motorhead to Napalm Death in like eight years. Yeah. Do you ever think about that? Like, I mean, what a what a shift, right? Like you go from like, oh, this is like gruff, but like it's still blues to like yeah. just such an interesting period. But then you have like, I know it is, it is. You have like you know that. You know, 80s more extreme black metal too that that happened, and then you have like the the whole early you, you know stages of death metal and shit. You have like nihilists and tombs and all that kind of stuff, and that was super bluesy and very rock and roll as well. I mean, yeah, which is like it's interesting to like because I I go to a lot of the Norwegian black metal festivals, right? And it's interesting because when you watch a lot of the older bands they rock oh yeah and that's something i admire about demiser but like if you go to like a mayhem show or retain like that's a rock band yeah absolutely well you get a whole package it's not just dudes standing on stage playing their fucking instruments yeah it's real ass black metal it's not dudes trying to be trying to be over technical fucking jacking their guitar off to fucking into the earth there's more to it there's more fucking feeling there's more fucking soul and that's that's what i like about that shit that's what i like about that role music yeah it's something that very clearly comes through and really speaks to sort of the what you've been building with demiser is a sense of like raw fucking evil that you can still we definitely try to keep it true and and you know especially even with the the whole fucking get up and our stage gear and everything that you know the the whole image you know we're trying to keep that spirit if you know what i mean so 
you know, just like there's like an, an Eddie or a Rattlehead or, you know, whatever the fuck, like, you know, we have our Demiser, um, who is featured on every, fu- almost every fucking thing that we've released at this point. There's, you know, sigils, there's, you, you name it, like the image is apparent. You have that with bands like Judas Priest and Motorhead and you got bands like Saxon, and Venom. Saxon, Venom. Yeah, all that shit. Like, and we're just trying to keep that shit going because you it it faded away. Like, it just kind of went away. It's mind blowing. Or the people. I feel like when it's done, it's oftentimes like very corny. Yeah, you. It's got to be. It's got to be somewhat tongue in cheek, right? Like, you can't adopt a persona or an image that's completely over the top and expect people to take you completely fucking seriously sure that's what makes it fucking cool yeah and that's part of the fun of heavy metal right is like this sense of like uh trevor from black dahlia once described it to me as i get to go on stage in front of a thousand people and scream about being a monster and stuff <laughs> right and it's like yeah basically like that's the sickest part is like to go on stage and scream about being a monster yeah that's uh that's cer- certainly my goal yeah you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's the fun thing about heavy metal. I just want to circle back on the 80s black metal thing. Who Outside of Venom, what are your favorite 80s black metal acts? What are you into? And ideally, what's like a weird thing you think people don't listen to enough of? Interesting. That's an interesting question. I don't I feel like anything that I say that people should listen to more of, people probably are like, oh, tons of people listen to that. I mean, all my favorite bands, you know what I mean? Like half of them are not no-name shit. I listen to a lot of fucking weird 70s rock and roll and stuff like that like i was like like a lot of like 1969 to like 73 type shit like like dust and oh i love dust that's some of my favorite music that's probably what i listen to. okay i get a lot of influence from from stuff like that especially you know lyrically how so there's definitely in the album through the gate eternal there's nods to dust and within the lyrics sure somebody could point it out if they really read through the lyrics and listened to it and knew us very well. They'd hear exactly what I was saying. I mean, we, we put a lot of nods in there. Right? There's nods to, you know, Destroyer, 666. There's nods to Dust, Motorhead, you name it. Like, there's there's little Easter eggs throughout that album. And if if, if people really want to listen to it and, and hear, they'll... Or they, or they know discography and they they listen through these albums and they know these albums because it hit them as hard as it might have hit us or hit me. They'll they will hear little lyrical nods here. Sure. Uh, I mean, there's a lyrical nod to the dust song uh, "Dustly Spoken" and might might be offering, but yeah, there's a lot of influence that comes from there. I love the cover of "Heart Attack" from Dust. Oh yeah. Every time I see that, I'm like, fuck, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I, no, I've actually, it's interesting that you talk about that 69 to 73 period because I've also kind of dug deep into that because there's, again, a lot of interesting stuff there. Presetta did a lot of, a lot of cool art for a lot of bands back then too. I mean, he, or they, or at least they used his art. I mean, Nazareth. Sure. I mean, Molly Hatchet, of course. 100%, no. Uh, the band I was digging into recently from that period was uh, Buffalo. Do you know them? Yeah, I've listened to Buffalo. Yeah, we just did a reissue of them with Ripple Music. And it's just like, it's like wild to me to discover some of these bands and to be like, or like when you listen to like the 60s Japanese garage rock scene, which I was really obsessed with for a minute, where it's like this band, the Beavers, 
were formed in Japan in like 1967. There's like 50 Yardbirds LPs in the country and they come out with like three Yardbirds covers. And it's like, how do you do that? But like, yeah. Also, like all about Zamrock shit too. Yeah, like suck. Yeah, shit. There's uh, oh, what's that Zamrock band? They're real big. Which? Yeah, which? I mean, shit. They're doing a which is doing a show out west right now. Are they really? That's awesome. Out in California. Yeah, which I could go. Okay, this podcast's over. <laughs> But like what's also cool about that period is like it, again that's another period sort of like 79 to 86 where it's like well they didn't they didn't have access to like a lot of yeah a lot of music either but yet they're putting out these high, like you know obviously they were influenced but they're like you know they didn't have access to everything that like maybe you or I or like anybody in like a like a I don't know somebody somebody that had that at their fingertips you know what i mean marky ramon mark bell exactly yeah what a killer fucking drummer Sim- simpled it down a lot for the ramones and just like made it work like half his half his playing skill but yeah it was still amazing no i just i think that period is interesting there's also bands like the other thing i love from that period is like the weird art you have like my two favorites are toad and also juicy lucy if you know those bands i've heard of toad i don't know I don't know no snakes. The toad one is cool because the gatefold is just like this giant, impossibly fat toad. And Juicy Lucy, like, they're okay, but the, I'll, I'll send you the album art. It's like ridiculously weird and creepy. It's like this naked lady covered in fruits, but like in sort of, I don't know, I've never seen an album cover that looks so sticky. <laughs> I'll send it to you. It's cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, um, all this to say... That's really cool. You're really into dust because I think that band's awesome. That's one of my favorites. Both albums. Would you ever like go and do like a fuzz rock band like that or proto metal or whatever you want to call it? Not vocally, I don't think. There. But I would. I just don't think I could pull it off vocally. Yeah. But it's like interesting because there's like some vocalists in that era who were like, there's a lot of just weird shit that was going on then. Oh, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, shit, there was, was that real operatic, like, Prague, like psych band from Germany, Necronomicon. Yeah, dude, that that Tony Iommi produced. It's fucking insane, and it's so fucking weird. Yeah, but I, I mean, I love yeah. it, and it all, but it flows, and it all goes so well. But it's like crazy because, like, like you fuck with Arthur Brown, I'm assuming. Mm. Got a Hellfire. Okay. But anyway, like he was like one of those guys, and he was like, it's like interesting because at that time, like Dolly would come to the show and like hang out. That's bizarre. But like, yeah, or um, there's that band, um, you know, that band of Cro-Magnon? Yes. Where it's like, oh, this is just like hippies who got, who just, whoops. <laughs> anyway, I, I that's cool because I'm just really connect. I really adore that world. And it's cool to see it kind of finally getting its due with the Easy Rider Brown Acid series and a lot of reunions happening. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that brought out a lot of that. That showed me a lot of shit I've never heard for sure. They do a really excellent job of curating that. And how many of those, how many of those did they do even? Was it like they do like eight or nine, or was it even more than that? I think it was more. Like I can tell you. Let me look right now. Um, they did right now it appears they're on 13, I think. Damn, I've been out of it. But you know, but like that, but I that stuff is out there if you're willing to like dig in. Sure. Yeah, they make it very accessible for sure. That's great. They just put out the 14th. I just checked. Damn. But it's just like must have been wild to be part of that. Mm. Yeah, that whole set. That's a that's a chunk of change. You know, it's cool to discover these things and these this forgotten hidden history. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, 
as we head towards the end, because it's also very late here in Germany. Is that where you are right now? That's where I am right now. Gearing up for the war. <laughs> What's coming next for Demiser? I know you've got a bunch of local shows. You're playing that festival in Pennsylvania. Music is being written. I think we have one local show that we're doing and we're not doing i don't think probably any other locals local shows until the end of the year or or next year we have one uh up in winston-salem north carolina that's coming up um here in the next couple months and we have april 16th we are playing up in pennsylvania it's that dungeon death fest which looks sick yeah that the lineup's great it just sold out so if you're listening and you don't have a ticket fuck you it sold out. Fair, <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a ton of fucking fun. We're gonna have a blast up there. We we always have a blast in Pennsylvania. Is there any new material you can talk about? You know, we're obviously working on our second album. We are feeling real good about it so far. I can say that it's definitely a continuation of Through the Gate Eternal. You know, moving on that raw, fast, filthy, evil, satanic speed metal. You know, as of right now, I mean, I don't think we're not going to put in a, we're not going to put a like a clean uh, instrumental song on this album. It's going to be kind of no hold, no holds barred kind of deal. Um, and and as of right now, every song that we have completed, which is, you know, I think I mean, we're 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 pushing close. I mean, we're we're probably seventy percent, I would think at this point. I'm stoked on every fucking song so far. Uh, I'll say all that. But yeah, the, it's going to be a no holds barred record. How do you feel it's like a, an evolution on the debut, or is it just more of the debut? It is. It is. It is a continuation. I think it's going to be maybe a little bit more intense. Sick. That's really awesome. Yeah. Are there any final things you want to kind of touch on before we kind of wrap out in a storm of venom worship? <laughs> I'll say if you can make it out to a show this year, we're not going to play many of them. We do have a, a possible tour. Uh, in the works for towards the end of the year, November-ish. Keep your ears open for that. If you can catch us, catch us. You know, if not, you know, we're going to be around for a while. We have no no plans on going anywhere. You know, we're having too much fun what we're doing. So we'll do it till one of us cakes at least. That's pretty fair. Uh, with the gulp of wine at the end. There you go. <laughs> Real uh, big gall energy. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, Brad. This has been awesome. We'll be back in a week with another podcast so catch y'all listeners then all right so that was awesome thank you everyone out there for listening to delirious nomads sponsored by blacklight media we will be coming back at you next week with another awesome guest be sure to follow blacklight media on socials for new music and more and above all keep it heavy I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to something about the Beatles, now at Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts.
Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now.